Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Rainbow Tapes. I am your host, Liam Koji, and I am here with my friend Alex, whose name I'm not going to reveal on the internet again. Hello, how are you? (laughs) Oh my god. This has been a weird day. It definitely has. Um, Nothing seems to be working on my end. We've had some technical difficulties before. This is the second time we're recording this. Um, so, (sighs) all right, well, we're here to talk about, um, Born Pink, Blackpink's, um, latest album, and why it's a complete mystery to me. So many questions. I'm not sure if I'm going to get any answers, ever. (laughs) We'd have Um, to ask, we'd have to ask them, I feel. But, no, we'd have to ask, uh, YG Entertainment. They are... Okay, so let's do some, like, background on Blackpink. Yeah. Um, Blackpink is a four-member girl group formed by YG Entertainment. They're one of the big three, or I guess big four now, with... People are considering HYBE to be part of the big four now. HYBE is where BTS is. Okay. But, I don't know. I it's It doesn't sit right with me that they had to buy up everybody else to, like, become that big. Yeah, I get this feeling that BTS is more, no, I don't want to say, like, what's the word? Like, I feel like they're promoted better. Or is that, is that like an, an, a, a good consensus? Like that they're kind of more promoted more than Blackpink in general? Oh, absolutely. They are. Um, but, you know, Blackpink, well, no, because in certain, Blackpink has a lot of like, higher-end brand deals going for them mm-hmm. that are, I mean, probably more meaningfully better than BTS's deals. Yeah. Um, so, actually, LVMH used to own a small stake in YG. Do you know what LVMH is? Uh, that I know that is uh, Louis Vuitton, right? LVMH? Yeah, it's Moe Hennessy Louis Vuitton. And it's, yeah. um, it's like... I think the largest um, luxury holding company. And so, like, they have fashion houses like Chanel, Dior, YSL, and um, Celine. Yeah. Um, which are all, which each member of um, Blackpink is a brand ambassador for each one of those. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, Jisoo is Dior, Chanel is, or um, Jenny is Chanel. Rosé is uh, YSL and Lisa Celine. Lisa walked in Celine's show a few years ago. Oh. Um, but that was part of their strategy. That was part of their promotional strategy. And now, um, I mean, Rosé has become sort of one of um, the creative director of YSL's muses. Like, Totally. And, like, um, Lisa also ended up with a brand deal with Bulgari, which, seeing Lisa at the Bulgari show, sitting next to, um, at a Bulgari event, sitting next to Anne Hathaway and Priyanka Chopra, like, made my heart so happy. Oh. <laughs> which one um, would be... Also... Yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, I was gonna say, because um, which... there's always that one group member that's, like, the you know the main one right so which one is the main 
girl that um, like it depends on who you ask um okay because i don't know i i do feel like they're co-equal um right jenny probably gets promoted more than the other girls um she was the first one to get a solo she was sort of chanel's darling but then you know rose was also the one to walk the um met gala red carpet last year um right and lisa has the highest followers on instagram she has the highest like asian idols she has the most followers out of any asian idol um after a controversy in which somebody called her ugly Oh, um, that's not nice. <laughs> no. And I mean, like, okay, so, like, low-key and no shade. According, she does not fit a lot of Korean beauty, beauty standards. But that's also just not how Thai people look. She's Thai. Yeah. She's not going to look like you. Right. Whereas, she's gorgeous, and, like... Actually, I don't know much about Thai beauty standards. I don't know. I just know that at least it's pretty. We're just going to leave it at that. But she just doesn't... <laughs> She just doesn't necessarily fit the Korean beauty standards. Her yeah. Her face is round. She has round cheeks. Like, her nose isn't... Her nose ridge isn't super high. Right, right, um, right. Those are not... Those are not, like, what Koreans are looking for. But don't call her ugly. You know? Rude. Yeah. Because she's beautiful. No, but, I, um, I'm, like, looking at pictures of her now. I'm like, I don't know why people would call her ugly. Like, she's not... <laughs> I mean, she's gorgeous. So, I would say like Jenny doesn't super fit Korean um, beauty standards either. She's mm-hmm. got her little cute chipmunk cheeks that are adorable. Oh, like, she doesn't have. Jisoo and Rose probably fit like Korean beauty standards the most. But nobody's coming for Jenny because Jenny doesn't fit the beauty standards uh... either. But they're coming for the Thai girl because they're racist. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I see what you're saying with the Korean beauty standards. Um, in both Jisoo, that's her name, that's how you pronounce it, I think, and Rose, Jisoo. Jisoo. Yeah, Jen, Jenny has like this like very baby face. Like her face yeah. is just like she just has baby face. Also, do you want to know something like really shitty? Well, um, when it was ha- when they their first comeback came up. Yeah. Um, was announced. The announcement called them YG's Pretty Concept Girl Group. YG's Pretty Concept Girl Group? Because, oh. um, they're, like, older, they're, like, senior group. Yeah. We're not known for their looks. Mmm. And so they, um, and one time, a pair of, allegedly um he one time said uh told them that they needed to wear makeup because they were ugly <laughs> so um blackpink senior group 21 um they're probably like if you ask anyone around my age about k-pop that's the group they're going to bring up that's the most known Kind of. They were one of the first. They were one of the, like the first okay. groups to like really be promoted here. They were signed to Will I Am label. Okay. Um, okay. And they're signed to Scooter Braun for um, management. Oh, Scooter Braun. 
<laughs> I know. Such a weird polarizing figure. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's not successful in the industry is going to be a dick. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Of course. Um, But uh, they were sort of... I think they sort of cemented YG as one of the big three in K-pop. Um, so there was a lot of anticipation for a new girl group. Um, so one of their peers was Girls' Generation, a nine-member group. Oh, and I so them. for yeah, after uh, after twenty after twenty one, the group the agency was like, we're gonna do our own Girls' Generation. It's gonna be our style. And so back in like twenty twelve, you started to get like, or two thousand nine actually, I think, you started getting some like hints. Oh, future twenty one, future twenty one, and then they had all these trainees, and they were all meant to, like there were pictures of them and everything. One by one, everyone got cut or left or de- <laughs> because also their debut was de- was delayed by a few years. Um, and then it ended up being another four-member group, which was what 21 was as well. Which, I mean, it was almost a five-member group. Literally, one of the girls left in, like, the 12th hour. And then she joined another group, and she joined another agency and debuted a couple years later. Yeah. And, um, that group has gotten two number ones last year. Um, Blackpink got none. So, do with that what you will. (laughs) Well, you know, Blackpink is headlining Coachella this year so true um which also we'll come back around to that because I have some thoughts mm-hmm. um so anyway they finally released Born Pink after two fucking years so a typical K-pop cycle you release an EP or a mini album and then you promote for a few weeks and then dip for like six months yeah. And then you release another mini album. Um and rinse and repeat. Um So Dave Blackpink's story is a little bit different. We got a they debuted with two singles, had a comeback with two singles within like I think that was like two months later, and then seven months later they come back with a standalone single. And then a year after that they come back with doo 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 doo, which is their breakthrough. Yeah. Like, globally. That was their first video to get to a billion views. And then it was another year until Kill This Love, and then two years after that with the album, and two years after that again with Born Pink. And they did another world fucking tour. I mean, I still don't think their entire discography would fill two hours, no? No. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their discography now, and there's not a lot of... Um... I mean, they have singles, but they don't have that many, to be honest. No. And, like, also, well, okay, so I'm, like, 90% sure they released the album in 2020 because Interscope, their American label, is like, come on, we need something. Come back. We need an album. Um, It was eight songs that didn't necessarily fit together, which, Born Pink, find me a a three-line. There's no... Yeah. It's a random collection of songs. It's a random collection of good songs, but still a random collection of songs. 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they came back with um, Pink Venom, which is honestly kind of their first major push into the U.S. market. They performed at the VMAs. I saw that performance. <laughs> it was all right. It was good. It wasn't what I wanted from Blackpink. Uh, I saw. I saw deferring comments from both ends. Uh, people that like truly loved it, and then people that were like, "Huh." <laughs> so I. I mean, I love the song. It's the same song that they released their last four comebacks, I'm not gonna lie, but it's <laughs> it it does it does sound very similar to uh what's the other one? Uh what is the other song? More, you gotta be more specific. <laughs> I know, hold on. I, I I know the name, uh is it How You Like That? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds very similar to that one. Uh but with you know, with that album, they came back, they released that, and then they released another single that was written by Ariana Grande featuring Selena Gomez. Um, and then Love Sick Girls, which is like, all three of those were completely different sounds. Yeah. Um, Love Sick Girls was written by David Guetta. But it was like one of his like weird, like early, like 2012, like, it's going to be dance, but also like a sort of almost pop rock song kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. One of those. It was good. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I haven't listened to that one yet uh, because I got the albums confused. <laughs> but it is on. It's very short. But the, I listened I listened to the from from the album. I listened to "Bet You Wanna" with Cardi B, and I was like, "This is an odd song." With <laughs> it's so good. I love <clears throat> I love that song. It's How good. It's just it, it's just it it was just different from you know because it yeah. it's like ice cream is very poppy. Yeah. And then "Bet You Wanna" is the opposite of. Not the total opposite, but it's completely different than what, you know. Yeah. It's not cohesive. So, it's not cohesive at all. I mean, even then, like, even Born Pink, like, Pink Venom and Shutdown go together. Oh, and Type of Girl. Those two go together. Those are, like, yeah. sort of urban-leading pop songs. Yeah. But then you get to, like, yeah, 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 and it's like, how did we get to this, like, new wave vibe? Where, where, where did this come from? Right. And then, no, then the kicker is when you get to Hard to Love. Why is there a Rosé solo on a Blackpink album? <laughs> it's my favorite song on the album, to be honest, but why is it there? I can't remember which song was the one that was very, like, vibey. There was one that I really liked that was very vibey, and it was towards the end. I can't tell if it's the one you're describing or if it's The Happiest Girl. Um, Happiest Girl is a ballad co-written by... Do you remember Natalia Kills? Uh, I know who she is. I've never listened to her, though. But I know who she is. But I only know who she is because of that little stunt she pulled on The X Factor. Okay, so I... One, her second album is one of my favorite albums of all time, and I like still go back and listen to it. 
Yeah, no, you know? I never listened to her, so I, I, I would have to go and, and listen to some of her music to see. But I, I um, mostly know her who she is because of X Factor, <laughs> which is probably um, terrible, but. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It was a wild stunt to pull, but I do think that they were sort of told to pull it. Yeah. Um, Happiest Girl is a ballad. Hard to Love is like sort of a. It's border of like mid and up tempo. Okay. Um, so maybe but, that's the uh, one I'm thinking about then, the hard to yeah. love one. So I was like, oh, this has a nice like vibe to it. But then, um, but yeah, so then Shutdown came out and people like Shutdown more. I still prefer Pink Venom. Mm-hmm. Also, the video is kind of, there's a lot of white walls involved. Here's the thing. Pink Venom was like the most expensive music video that YG had ever produced. Mm-hmm. And you could tell. The sets were uh sets were uh, great. All practical sets. Yeah. And um there wasn't a story and there wasn't any reason for any of that to be there, but I, I do love a I do love an angry rose walking through the fires of hell. It's a fun time. <laughs> At least they don't have her on the floor. Yeah. Um, she has she has been on. They like to put her on the floor in their choreographies. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, no, they had like the they off. had like the rain like the rain and the rainforest and. It was yeah, a very. So I she, I did. I remember watching the video. It was very. It was very elaborate. And everyone's like, the other three are all like vibing and like, you know, and she's like angrily walking through a wall of fucking fire. It's like, okay, like Rose, you got a chill girl. Like, yeah. It's always she's always the most intense, and it's it's how she's being directed. But it's always it's funny because it's always like. Rosé is the one that's crying. Rosé is the one that's, like, snarling. Rosé is the one that's, like, feeling these negative emotions. And everyone else is like, we're cool, we're better than you. And she's like, (laughs) the most intense. But Shutdown was fun because it referenced a lot of their um, former videos, their older videos. Um, Yeah. But, and then, also, people really like Type of Girl. I... It was not my favorite album track. I'll have to listen to that one again. I because I don't remember it. Um, I listened to it like I listened to two rounds on my way home. Um, but the I don't know if I can you don't remember. remember it. It's pretty. Yeah. It's you know, pretty. It, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Song. Yeah. Yeah. I do um, remember the "Hard to Love," which I was like, "Oh, look, this song is yeah. good." But. Yeah, um, Type of Girl is not, not the best, um, but then, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah was fucking incredible, um, but again, it's it's another one where it's like, Type of Girl is like a lower key, bordering on lo-fi hip-hop song, and then Yeah, Yeah, Yeah is like, Synthwave. It's like, sure. 
cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, do yeah, you understand cool. what like what they're like what like you know? Because for me, I I, I really enjoy. Um, I really like songs with like lyrics. So for like, I always try to like I ha- and I haven't done this, but like, do you understand? Like, do you? I I'm not sure if you understand what they're saying, but you try to go and look up to see like what the lyrics are about and like what the song's about, and or is it more like it's just a pop song that like just says things and but that's just fun to sing along to. Um. So. I don't tend to look at the translations. Okay. Okay, so A, like, the hooks are always in English. Got and, it, like, okay. Blackpink songs in particular are bilingual. Okay. Um, so you don't really need, but... Sometimes it's better to just, like, live in the ignorance, because a lot yeah. of times you look up the lyrics and it's like, Honey, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, you know, I don't want to... I want to enjoy a song and just sort of not have to Got worry it. about okay. what it means. Got it. Okay. Um, but I do listen to enough of it now that I'm starting to recognize words. I don't know what they mean, but I recognize them. <laughs> no, because I, I, I do the same thing with, because I really love Yell and she's in French and I don't yeah. know that much French, but um, I don't know what the song means, but like, oh, like it's similar to you, right? Like I, I'm starting to understand, like, I don't understand what it means, but like, I, I know how to pronounce certain things, you know? Um, yeah. But then I'm always, I, I'm always wondering like, what does it mean? Like, I'm just curious as to what she's trying to say. Cause I'm singing along to a song that I really like because I like the beat. I like the way that it's, you know, that it was composed, but I have no idea what it means. So, but you are right. There is uh, some like, there is some joy and just the, the, the bliss of it all of like I don't really need to know what they're saying it's just a fun song to like yeah. sing along to I'm like you know sometimes I'll watch with like the um subtitles and mm-hmm. even then like there are words that I'll recognize and the translations that I see lack a lot of the impact lack some of the impact of the actual lyric which is yeah. also you know we were talking a little bit earlier about sort of the direct translations from Korean and how they don't necessarily always work I see that a lot with, like, the English translations of lyrics. There's just not... They don't... They miss some of the um, impact. Got it. Um, so, like... There was one song, and... So, the I, the Korean version of, like, um, Boom is Kyum. Or, okay. No, sorry. Not Kum, that wasn't what I was thinking of. It was, um... Anyway, it was an onomatopoeia that they translated into, like, My Heart is Beating, and it was, like, that's not... You're not... That's not capturing the, um... That's not capturing the, uh... The tone the of the The feeling, song. or the tone, yeah. Yeah. Um... But with Blackpink songs, I mean... Also, half of these songs are in English. Yeah. Um, I did notice that towards the end of the album that it was mostly, like, English than anything else. Well, because that's my theory that Interscope was like, no, we need an album, chop, chop. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
No, and like the back end of the album didn't really get a whole lot of attention. But like the one that, song that I like, really, really, really want to note is Tally, because it is mm-hmm. a very strange song for a K-pop group to release. How many people I fucked is none of your business is not necessarily a common theme in K-pop. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. They they run away from okay. sexual themes there. They're very. Which is funny because it's not like a religious thing. I feel like when in America when people are like scandalized by sex, it's like rooted mm-hmm. in religion. Right. This isn't. This is just like. I don't know why. I don't know why they're like this, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's a choice. But um. And then the last song on the album we got "Ready for Love," which was scrapped from their first album but people heard it in a documentary and demanded that it be released and it was released and it was like I see why this was dropped from the album it wasn't it wasn't as memorable (laughs) is that your way of saying you don't remember it I don't remember it I I think the last one that I that I was like, oh, this is, I mean, it's only eight songs, so it's not hard to keep yeah. track. It's just, for me, usually when I listen to an album, like, there are songs that, like, and this is, like, for me, I I, I like albums where, like, I instantly fall in love with the song, right? And yeah. I, I think Hard to Love is one of, like, oh, okay, I like this song. Like, this song's really good. Like, instantly, I didn't have to, like, listen to it again. This might be yeah. a song where I'm like, I might have to listen to it again to, like, you know, it has a time and place. Yeah. Um. It's just, you know, it's the Blackpink fans can be kind of weird. How so? Um. Um. Excuse me. They get angry with how little promotions they get. Blackpink gets, which I mean is fair. We talked about it being two years. Yeah. Um. But they get a little fanatical, which is, like, sort of typical of K-pop generally. There's, like, the fandoms in K-pop get really extreme, and, like, BTS and Blackpink stands go the fuck out of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, calm down. And, like, the like K-pop fans will, like, harass companies over shit. Oh, um, And then they'll, like... You went and, like, found, like, a leaked version of a song that was meant for the album. Like, you, like, sought it out because you heard it in a fucking documentary. Like, it's not that deep, dude. Um, But, I mean, like... I do feel like the album, their first album, was better than Born Pink. I mean, you brought up the track with Cardi. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that was fucking good. Yeah. But, you know, there's no... The last three songs on the album are a little bit rough. Right. But everything else is, you know... Born This... Um, not Born This Way. Um, How You Like That was, you know... It was a good, it was a good, you know, reintroduction to the world. 
I also think it's a little bit better than Pink Venom. Um, that was, I know that's, that. I mean, that that song itself was very popular when it came out, because I remember it was everywhere. Um, yeah. And it was on, it was on Just Dance. Uh, and that was like one of the songs that they promoted heavily on Just Dance. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it didn't do better here. So they're having trouble sort of landing with American audiences, if we're going to be honest. I mean, yeah. Um, it was a top 40, but I mean, Ice Cream with Selena Gomez should have at least been a top 10 and it stalled that out. That is a really good song. I like that um, song a lot. It, again, was not popular when it came out. Because the fans were mad that it wasn't Ar- that it wasn't Ariana Grande featured on it. It was Selena Gomez. <laughs> um, they wanted Ari Pink, which they got Ari Pink about a year later when Ariana Grande, when Ariana Grande's makeup artist decided to make her look Korean. <laughs> yep, I remember that. Um, that that but, photo that I was like, well, I'm like she went from like white girl to like. Almost, almost blackface because she wears a lot of heavy makeup to now looking Korean. <laughs> yeah, she 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 plays all the she plays all the races here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not as bad as. Do you remember that TikTok? Um, it was there was a TikTok. Somebody was had four photos of Khloe Kardashian and was like pretending to be her mom and said, "Oh, such a nice diverse group of friends." <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that go a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, honestly, T. Um, yeah. But, you know, the f- first five songs on the album, plus Crazy Over You, When I'm in the Mood, were, yeah. like, really fucking good. And, you know, Bet You Wanna with Cardi B, written by Ryan Tedder. Do you know who Ryan Tedder is? Yeah, he he is um the front man for what's the name of that group? Uh I have a prior time with this too. Yeah, what's the name? I like, think it was One Republic. Yes. Too late One Republic. It's too late to apologize. Yes. And but Ryan Tedder is that person that like wrote a bunch of songs for like Kelly Clarkson. Um I know he Beyonce. definitely wrote for Katy Perry, Beyonce. Um he wrote he wrote a song, he wrote the same song for Beyonce and Kelly Clarkson, but just different lyrics, but it was like basically the basically. same song. Yeah. yeah. And Kelly Clarkson was pissed at him because she's like, I'm not releasing this. She's already released this song. But her label she wasn't mad at it. She wasn't mad at Ryan. She was mad at um, Clive Davis. Right, 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 right. Because um, um, they basically gave her the same song. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh... I mean, Ryan Tedder's discography, I mean, he's written, let's see, he wrote Bleeding Love. I love that song. Um, I know, but who doesn't? He Said, She Said, the iconic Ashley Tisdale track. Listen, that is a good song. It is. (laughs) We really need to, like, go back and give her her credit for that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of Kelly Clarkson, 
it's, you know, you forget how nobody, people don't realize, like, how, like, prolific his songwriting career is. Yeah, he wrote, um, um, I Know Places from, from Taylor Swift. Well, yeah. he helped her write it. I don't know exactly if he wrote it or, like, they both wrote it together, but. But, um, so, okay, back to Born Pink. Yeah. Ryan Tedder said in an interview that he think he believed that um a couple of songs had made the had made the final cut. Yeah. Um they didn't. So also now I know they're playing Coachella. I have like a mild conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. I think they're releasing new music ahead of Coachella. Or oh. just after Coachella. Usually that's because, how it happens. Because they're not going to... I have a really hard time imagining YG leaving a Ryan Tedder penned song on the on the cutting room floor. Like, I that doesn't make sense to me. And there were also, like, some American collaborations that I assume happened with um, Rosé and Jenny that also... that aren't on the album. Yeah. Which also makes me question, like, is there more here? Because you can't tell me that you're cutting down for quality and you're including hard to love and kind of girl type of girl on the same album. Like you can't tell you can't give me this album and tell me that you're cutting these songs because they weren't good enough or they didn't fit with the album. Yeah. This is turning into a read. I didn't want it to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a mood. Um, I'm sick. <laughs> I missed out on money today. Um, that's always the worst. Um, no, but I have a hard time imagining like, oh, this song by like one of the biggest writer by one of the biggest pop songwriters in the world doesn't fit the concept of the album. Like sure, Mary. Yeah. Well, I guess the question now is. Um, because the band is essentially K-pop, right? <clears throat> I guess the question now is they're doing Coachella-ish, right? Because they're kind of leaning more into pop, like more mainstream. So I so I don't really consider K-pop a genre. I consider it more of a system. Okay. And um, they're not very associated with the industry anymore. Um, okay. Like when they're at events it's weird to see them on stage with other K-pop idols. So you're saying they're kind of more on so a different level now? It's not even a different level. It's just that they are more active in the Western industry than they are in K-pop anymore. Got it. And, like, they don't do, like, variety shows or anything like that, and it's kind of... It would be weird at this point to see them do a variety show. Right. Um... Because most but, K-pop bands do do that, right? They do variety shows and they, I assume. And until their foreign promotions become too much for them, and then they stop. So, like, mm. BTS doesn't really do variety shows anymore either. Got it, okay. Um, But that sort of, associate, that sort of like, lack of association with K-pop was very purposeful on YG's part. Mm-hmm. They want to create, they don't want to create a K-pop group, they want to create a global group. Right, right. Um, which they've just announced their newest group, 
tell me why there's a 13-year-old from Thailand in this lineup that is meant to debut this year. That is too fucking young. That is is a child. That's not even a teenager. That is a child. What is her name? They're called Baby Monster. (laughs) That already sounds... I guess Baby makes sense. (laughs) Um... Yeah, she... Yeah, it's like... It's... She's... They're babies. Yeah, they look very young. The oldest is 21. Okay. We got some... Oh, God. They're called Bay... Or known as Baymon. Upcoming South Korean girl group formed by YG Entertainment. Consisting of seven members. Yeah. Um, Also, of the seven members... Chiquita, the youngest, born in 2009. (laughs) Wait, how old did that make her? Nine, ten... She's 14. Yeah, that's the other babies. Um, I mean, like, last year when, uh, this other group debuted, they're called New Jeans, everyone was like, she's just turned 14, like, why are you debuting her? But also, like, why are you debuting somebody born in 2002 and 2009 together? Like, I have questions. Um... It's getting, it's getting when, I mean, go, go ahead, sorry. It's very, um, it's a very international group. Of the seven, there are four. Yeah. That are not, that are, um, foreign. There's two Thai girls and two Japanese girls. How do they put them together? Do they kind of just do like an all-out search for? For oh, so you didn't see, you didn't watch the documentary? Okay, this will be fun. So <laughs> they have something. This is what this is why I think of K-pop more as a system than a genre. Mm-hmm. So, um, they'll have companies will have auditions, um, and they'll do them in a few cities in Korea, and they'll also go abroad. So, like, that's how Lisa was cast. Um, and so, after that, they, um, if they pass the audition, they move to Seoul, take language classes, vocal, voice training, and dance classes, and they train for, at other agencies, it's usually, like, a year or two. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a few. Right. Um, I don't think anyone in Blackpink trained for less than, like, three or four years. Right. Um, and then they choose from there, like, what they want, um, which um, trainees would fit, would, would fit the group that they're trying to create, whether they fits aesthetically, like, age-wise, or um, age-wise, or, like, if they're going to fit the concept. Right. And then what the chemistry is with the group. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Jisoo trained for five years. Jenny trained for nearly six. 
rosé for four. Um, and Lisa trained for six. Which is, like, that's long for K-pop groups. Yeah. Um. Also, fun fact, Lisa speaks, like, five languages. Do they all speak um, English fluently, or do they... I don't know if I've ever heard an interview with them, or seen an interview with them. So, Rosé is from Australia, so... And then Jenny studied for a few years in New Zealand. So she speaks with the New Zealand accent, and it's very cute. Mm. Um, Lisa is ungodly wealthy from Thailand, so she speaks English fluently with no accent. Um, and then Jisoo speaks Jisoo. Mm-hmm. She... Uh, <laughs> she Allegedly, like, she does speak it, but she's not confident enough to speak it, to, like, do yeah. so in front of people. Um, and she understands English pretty well. Okay. Um, she's the only one that's, like, from Korea, from Korea. Mm-hmm. Jenny was born in Korea, but she studied abroad for, like, most of her childhood. And then Rosé and, Ch- and Lisa just fully aren't from Korea. Yeah. Um, and Jay-Z prefers multilingual... Or not Jay Z, YG prefers more like multilingual group mem- idols because he has like global expansion plans for everyone. Yeah. So like, Jisoo speaks Japanese pretty fluently. Um, as do the rest of them. So like, Jenny and Rose speak three languages, and then Lisa speaks Thai, English, Korean, Japanese, and simple Mandarin. That's too much. I mean, I only speak fluently two languages and somewhat of another one, so I wish I spoke more, but it's very rough to know so many. I can speak French when I'm rolling. I can understand French, um, (laughs) and I understand it better if if I read it because it's very similar to Spanish. If someone speaks it to me directly, I can understand some some words and kind of make out what they're saying, but I can't speak it myself. Yeah. I'm not confident in it, uh, but I can read it very well. Same. Um, But it's just, who the fuck do we have to practice with? No one speaks French here. That's why we have to go to Paris to practice it there. (laughs) Yes. Um, I want to speak, I want to learn French... Korean and Japanese. I Is feel Korean like those are hard like to learn? Core... No. I mean, kind of. It's... It's a difficult... It's not the same, like, family of languages. Right. And so, like, things don't translate as easily. Um, But they have an alphabet. So there's that. Uh, same can't yeah. be said for Japanese. I mean, Japanese, Which, I know, I mean, is one of the it's one of the most difficult ones. I mean, I know Mandarin is one of the most difficult ones to learn, but Japanese for sure. Yeah. I would like to learn Japanese. I need to take, like, classes, though. Um, 
But, yeah, because, uh, I, I mean, it. So many, you have to, like, remember so many different, like, symbols, you know? Characters. Characters, yeah. So, the Japanese, I think, originally, like, wrote with the Chinese with Chinese characters, and then they were like, let's try to create an alphabet, and then just, like, never moved away from the characters to the alphabet. Yeah. And also, they have two alphabets. So, now we're at two, yeah. or they're alpha syllabaries. So, we're at two alpha syllabaries yeah. and characters. Yeah. Korea, um... During the Joseon Dynasty, they had been using Chinese characters. But during the Joseon Dynasty, they were like, too much of our population is illiterate. We need something a little bit more simple for them. Right. For everyone to like be able to write. Um, and it's honestly the easiest alphabet to learn. It's not super difficult. Because sh- the letters are shaped like the, the shape, like how your tongue should look in your mouth when you're saying them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, no, yeah. So they're all, like, multilingual. They all speak at least three languages each. Which, good God. Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... I'm, I find French very difficult to learn. So, mm-hmm. and French is and French is very similar to Spanish, so it shouldn't be that hard for me to learn. So I can only imagine. Uh, French is probably the most different Romance language. Yeah. Um, because the Franks were a Germanic tribe, and so there are a lot of like Germanic influences. It's mm. why. Although you should be able to remember words because like half of our voca- half of our vocabulary comes from Norman French. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, I do think that they're going to release like re-release it before their Coachella performance. Also, because the setlist has got to be fucking short, man. Well, if they do, if they, I mean, normally, well, Beyonce, Beyonce did like 30 fucking songs, but normally they do like an hour and a half of, of set headliners. That yeah. is. Um, so if they have, you know, two albums, mm-hmm, many times, can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. I was there the year that they performed, and I got there too late to see them, and I have never forgiven myself. Oh, oh no. Uh, this was in 20... 2019, yes. That was the year Ariana was... Grande performed, right? Yes, I was there to see her get a lemon thrown at her boob. To what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? What happened? What? Um... Yeah, someone threw a lemon at her boob. That's hilarious. I mean, that's not funny, but that's hilarious. <laughs> because there was a rumor that she was getting paid double what Beyonce was paid. But the reality is that people were reporting her what she was paid over two weekends. Yeah. But only what Beyonce made over one. Well, Beyonce, from what I remember, because I, I, I remember that, that little tidbit of people like saying that Beyonce got paid less because she wanted the rights 
um, she wanted the filming rights of um, mm. of the show, uh, which she then went and sold those filming rights uh, to Netflix, mm. which she made even more money out of it because she felt and then she and then uh, from that licensing she did the live album also uh which she released yeah. and got more money off of that too so <clears throat> she was like yeah she she was she didn't get paid technically as much as ariana grande but at the same time she that's that was part of like her contract right like you're gonna pay me this much but i also want the rights to everything else yeah um which also Coachella 2019 is where they met um, Ariana Grande, and the the idea of yeah. Ari Pink was born. Um, I don't know. Nice. I think that I think Selena Gomez is the right choice for that future. Yeah, her voice fits it very well, and like so does her brand. I can't imagine Ariana Grande on that song. Yeah, it, Selena is more of a bright, bubbly kind of girl. Ariana Grande is a yeah. little more vibey. Yeah. Like, smoother, like, more, like, softer, you know. Yeah, like, I don't think the concept would have worked very well with her. <laughs> no. She doesn't do, like, the smiley, like... Although, neither does Blackpink. That song was such a question mark. Also, remind me to send you um, a YouTube video later. Somebody put okay. it to the track, um... Somebody put ice cream, um, mashed up ice cream and a uh, girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, which is, you know, like my two, my two loves. Yeah. The hold that that song had over me when I was 13. I mean, Avril Lavigne's, Avril Lavigne is great. She is. But I haven't, I, I haven't, I didn't listen to her last album though. I I heard it was good. I just I haven't I haven't listened to her. I think the last album of hers I listened to was the best damn thing. And even then I was like, eh, it's all right, because I liked her first two albums better. Yeah, I mean I liked her first I liked her first album, her third album, and then I did like this last album. This last album was good. This last album felt like a return to form. She's still, like, not my favorite. Like, I never really connected with her on, like, that sort of level. But... Yeah. Um, This last album was with her ex. was made primarily with her ex. Um, mm, okay. Oh, my God. Avril. And what is she? Is she with Tyga? Yeah, she's with Tyga. Did you see that video connecting everybody? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that was that was a little that was insane. Um yeah. Which I mean loves okay. She worked a lot with uh Travis Barker, Mod Sun, and I mm-hmm. wanna say I wanna say there was some input from um Black Bear. I am a Black Bear fan. I like Black Bear actually. Um, I I so the album. I didn't. I don't think I listened to it all the way through, but everything I heard I liked a lot. But I was with Drew at the time, and Drew didn't like it, and so I couldn't really listen to it that much. Like to Black Bear. 
No, he doesn't like Avril Lavigne because he thinks that she needs to grow up. I mean, she did. They're her, but they just weren't successful albums. <laughs> like she, no, she, like, she changed her. She like not grow up, but like she, what's the word? She evolved in her music, and then people were like, "No, we don't like this. Go back to what you what you, what you were doing before." Yeah, and I mean, also, she's still in her thirties. Yeah. No. Let yeah. her have, let her have these songs. Like it's fine, and like, also the bitch has been through a lot. Like. Yeah. But yes. <clears throat> but ice cream and a uh, girlfriend, great mm-hmm. combo. People didn't like Ice Cream because of the weird song structure. They didn't think that it had enough of a of a chorus and blah 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 blah. And they thought that the crochet sets that they were making was infantilizing them. That they're wearing was infantilizing them. And I'm like, have some fun and slide down a fucking blow up side. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Like go outside and touch grass. <laughs> I mean that's how I feel about Twitter most days anywhere. Like it's chronic chronically online tweens. Oh my god, what is wrong with Gen Z? No idea. But uh, I saw this, I, I reposted an article about how, like, Chris Hemsworth had a birthday party for his kids, and then they had, like, a birthday cake for them, and then when they were about to blow the candles, they, like, smashed the kid's face into the yeah. cake. And they were like, people were like, this is so violent, this is so traumatizing. I'm like, hi, Mexican kids would like a word with you, <laughs> because every mm-hmm. birthday that happened to us, we're fine. I would have been angry. Don't, 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 don't smash my head into the cake. I want to eat the cake. This is no, of course, but for no, I know, but (laughs) I mean, for us, Mexican kids, we're so used to it that it's always expected. So you know, so if you're, it's always expected. Like, but it's not like hard. They just kind of just smash your like a little bit of your face into the cake, and that's it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but some people do take it overboard. Some people actually just like slam your face, and but that's usually for like adults, not for kids. I know. I, I didn't think it was violent. I thought it was kind of cute. And also, they're rich, so they had another cake on hand, so I'm not upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> you get a cake for smashing your face in, and then you get the cake for eating. So you're fine. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I was also probably but, the, shitty, the shitty cake anyway. It was fine. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> they're so weird. And then the sex scene with Chloe, with Chloe Bailey. Oh, my God. Well, no, I, there was this tweet that I saw where someone was like, what did they say? Oh, someone said, you know, the fact that like movie studios put out shows or TVs with sex scenes and we don't even get to consent is like highly problematic. And someone was that like, part. yeah, and someone was like, um, you do get to consent. It's literally that's why there's a rating to it. And also you don't have to watch it. Or, like, before the movie starts or the show starts, it says, this episode contains sex scenes. Yeah. It's... I don't... I don't know. It's I feel like consent. we've lost the meaning. I don't consent to seeing you. Yeah. We've lost the it's meaning like, of what the word consent is now. <laughs> Just like we lost I mean, the meaning of, like, of what the word trauma and, and violence means. Yes. Like, um... I, I, I'm sure that kid is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, it could be traumatic, but then, you know, you learn and you grow. Yeah. 
But also, like, it could just okay. be annoying, which is fine, too. Like, the kids probably, like, the kid, kids are probably, like, this is annoying. Like, why do you have to do this every birthday? Like, you know? Yeah. But it's not traumatic. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, the word, Gen Z is, I can't. I, I, I'm really struggling. I don't, I never wanted to be that person to be, like, fuck the younger generation. <laughs> they make it but, very hard. <laughs> I know. And it's, like... Because, like, I didn't want to become Gen Z. Yeah. Who, like, joined in. But I th- I guess we're not joining in. They don't give a fuck. They're up here, like, dying. And we're just like, we have to live with these people. Mm-hmm. What did you do? Yeah. Exactly. Um. But, yeah. This was a... We got through what I want to talk about faster than I thought I would. Also, I'm a little bit high. <laughs> I I know that's good. You need to feel better, and that usually maybe that that, that usually helps. No, my roommate was um, my I, roommate and I went for a walk, and she was like, "Do you want to smoke?" And I was like, "No, I'm good. <laughs> I don't like um, smoking because I don't like smelling like it." Oh yeah, I I mean at least I'm high on uh weed and not this. Um, <laughs> but, um no um. Yeah, for context, I have a stress-related health problem happening at the moment. Because I don't think we addressed it. Um, No, 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 we didn't. Yeah, so that is why I'm mildly high. Not super high. Although, I do kind of have munchies now. Yeah, no, I I was going to order sushi, and then I was like, oh, you know what, I have food at home, I probably should stick to that. (laughs) I had sushi Monday. That was good. I'll probably have sushi tomorrow just to make up for the fact that I didn't have it today. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. But anyway, thank you for listening and thank of you, course. Alex, for joining me. Of course. Um, next time I'll come in with more of a plan and mildly less high. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> you are totally fine. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening. Okay.